Hey there, and welcome back to the Etsy Seller Podcast. I'm your host, Cody McGuffey. And today we're joined by Taylor, who has an awesome story. She just started her Etsy shop just 12 months ago. And she's now built it from zero to $85,000 in revenue in just 12 months, working a full-time job as well. So this is her side gig. And she's done it purely with print on demand. Super fun, super inspiring conversation where we talk about so many tactics. We talk about research, SEO, and mindset, which is always my personal favorite. Very, very fun and valuable conversation. As always, this podcast is brought to you by Everbee. And we believe that everyone deserves the opportunity to pursue their passions and live life on their own terms. We believe in making e-commerce accessible to everyone in the world, no matter where they are, and in using it to make a positive impact in our communities and in our personal families. Everbee is the Etsy business platform that helps Etsy sellers grow their business. If you're not using it, highly, highly, highly suggest that you do. I know I'm biased, but sign up for free, everbee.io. Let's jump into today's show. Taylor, what's up? How are you? Good. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm great. Yeah. Thank you for coming on and sharing a bunch of nuggets with the community. Uh, you have a cool story and I'm excited to learn more about you personally, but also share with the audience of like who you are. So if you just want to like start there, like who's Taylor? Yeah. So um, my name is Taylor. I found out about the world of Etsy and print on demand in October of last year. I was actually, I remember specifically, I was laying in bed about to go to sleep, scrolling on TikTok, which I'm sure many people do. And I found a TikTok that was promising the world, you know, here's how you make money online, use this print provider and make a design. You don't do any of the labor, something along those lines, explaining print on demand, which I now know. Um, but for some reason it stuck with me. I had seen TikToks like that before of people saying how you make money online and they often seemed very sketchy, but this one stuck with me for some reason. So I decided to do a little bit more research, went to YouTube, found some videos um, from other creators, and it felt like something I could actually do. So I impulsively went on Amazon, bought an iPad because I didn't have a computer or anything at the time. I bought wow. an iPad and the next day I ordered it on Amazon. So Prime, you know, it was there the next morning and I was in my kitchen. I opened an Etsy shop. I started with Printify and started designing. Uh, my fiance had walked in. He's like, oh, you got an iPad. What are you doing? And I'm like, I'm starting a business. This is what I'm yeah. doing. Yeah. And I just dove in from there. I just spent a lot of pockets of my time anywhere I could to create okay. products, create listings and just like cannonball. That's amazing. Honestly, let's unpack some of that because you just brushed through a huge pivotal moment in your life, probably. And certainly yeah. your career. And now it's going to be rolling into a lot of other people's lives. And we'll get into that later on. Uh, but it's, the compound effect is it, the multiplier effect is pretty amazing. So 12 months ago, pretty much you started. Yeah. You just found about out a year. About October of last year. And I found out and started maybe two days later. This is so cool because we don't get to talk to a lot of folks that have like just completed their first year. and also, they have something to show for it, right? It's like, oh, I, I, not only did I just want to start, like I just started a shop like last year, I actually like did the thing and made it happen. Yeah. And we'll dive into those numbers, I'm sure in a little bit, which would be exciting. But okay, so 12 months ago, you found out about Etsy. And the next day, you pretty much, you took massive action, got a iPad and then started designing <laughs> and creating listings. Yeah, and literally. Then, 
fast forward just for the sake of the conversation, where are you at in 12 months later, as far as like anything you're willing to share revenue wise or anything? Yeah. So as of right now, I'm just about at $85,000 in revenue and it's, Congratulations. it's been a, thank you. It's been a huge cannonball from the beginning to now about $80,000 of that has been from January to date. So, you know, very small yeah. in the beginning, but it's really compounded over time. Sure. And it's going to continue, right? Like, yeah. right? I mean, do you see it slowing down? Like for you personally, I mean, I'm sure you're just no. getting better at it. I'm very much a numbers graph person. So I kind of went in with the mindset that I was going to see slow in the beginning and then a spike once all of that work really started to compound. And when I pull my all-time analytics, that's what the graph looks like. So it's like, all right, my analytical brain has put the pieces together. It's working. Of course, I expect to slow down after Q4, um, but not quite to where I was at Q4 of this previous year. Gotcha. Well, yeah, because 12 months ago, it was Q4 when you're pretty much starting. Yeah. And you probably, you're just kind of getting ramped up, but then most of your sales actually came from January, which is after Q4, it's Q1. Yep. So now, I mean, that's pretty impressive. I mean, Q4 yeah. is usually like the only time lots of people make money, which it's actually not true, but just like in theory, and you've kind of made it happen all year long. Yeah. And I, I think that because I started in Q4, I think that leverage really is what kind of started the domino effect because there was already so many people on Etsy shopping that yeah. it made it much more simpler for me to get the visibility because there was more okay. people already there, like more fishers at the pond, right? So like sure. my listings were able to get picked up. And then I think that is what carried me into the new year because I was able to leverage that uh, search volume. That makes sense. Also, you probably had a lot of confidence, right? When you like, as soon as you get a sale, I get a couple of sales. You're like, oh, this is working. And like, yeah, it makes you want to like reinvest more of your time and your efforts and your energy back into this thing in you know, January, February and things like that, because you have some like dopamine hits of like, I'm creating sales. I have a business now. It's like legit. Yeah. I, I think that any, anybody who sells on Etsy, they probably never kept the volume on their phone until they started selling on Etsy and mm -hmm. they hear that cha-ching. I never turn the volume off on my phone now because I'm like, I just want to hear that. It's it is motivating. It is that dopamine that you're like, all right, I'm gonna I'm doing something that's working and I'm gonna continue it. That's so awesome. For anyone listening to this, like they've have maybe only heard that cha-ching maybe once, maybe, maybe 10 times or maybe zero times. Maybe they're looking for the first one. Um, what's the most amount of times you've heard that cha-ching most in one day? The one day that sticks out to the me to me the most, I had a listing really get a lot of traction um, back in June. And that was probably my highest sale day to date. And it was about 40 orders throughout the day. And there was a period of time in that day where I was laying in bed and I'm like, it just keeps going and keeps going. I'm like, I think I'm going to hit 40. I think I'm going to hit 40. I think I'm going to hit this number. And it was pretty cool. That is so cool. And you should be so, I mean, I know you're super proud of this. And like, I remember, I, I personally know those feelings too. I'm just like, wow, I have, we have momentum today. Like, I think just yeah. today, right. And you're just like, kind of just rooting for it. And it's so cool. And I think I like to recognize too, that this isn't like, you had to go and like do 40 sales individually and shake somebody's hand 40 times, different locations. Like that's how commerce was done back in the day. And like today it's like all done digitally, Yeah, which is like, I think we take it for granted sometimes. Like sometimes I, I like to just slow it down and be like, no, no, we just, we did this over the internet. I didn't even talk to this person on the phone. Like we didn't even message each other most of the times. Like they just saw something that I created. They thought it was valuable they click the button and put their credit card information in. Like that's so, spe so special, I think. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I joked around um, with my fiance once about like, I want kind of want to get a map of the US and like put pins on where I've sold something because I think that's just so cool. And the power of that, you know, you can reach so many people without having to interact with them directly, like you're saying. Totally. Okay. And so you obviously didn't, you went the print on demand route. So you didn't actually go and buy a bunch of t-shirts and start buy heat press and do the whole no. <laughs> transfer process. Right. Uh, so talk to us about that. Like how has the print on demand process been for you? Um, has it been smooth sailing? Has it, does it have its challenges? Talk to us about that. I mean, relatively, I feel like it's pretty smooth sailing. Generally, I think that most print companies, which I primarily work with Printify, anytime there is a hiccup, they're pretty accommodating. So I haven't really run into any issues where I'm not able to get to some type of resolution. And in the order volumes that I'm seeing now, where I'm getting over 300, 400 orders in a month, I'm maybe receiving a message from a customer that something was misprinted or, you know, they're not happy with the item once or twice. It's, it's pretty straightforward. You don't have to worry too much about that. Um, of course, in the beginning, sometimes my images weren't the highest resolution. So that was a learning opportunity in the beginning, Mm. um, to make sure that the file is a proper size and a proper DPI for dots per inch, which I always like to touch on that because sometimes Yeah, I I don't think a lot of people are aware of like DPI and dots per inch. It starts to sound a little bit technical, Um, but to simplify it, it's really just imagining an inch, an inch by inch square and how many dots you can put, like think of a pen and paper, how many dots you can put in that inch. I think that helped my brain understand like, oh, okay. So the more of those that I have, the higher resolution it's going to be, the more solid it's going to be, especially with apparel. Um, okay, so let's break that down into like a tactical, um, for someone that doesn't know what the heck you just talk, you're talking about, uh, <laughs> they use Canva primarily, right. which is an amazing tool. You use Canva, I imagine, or Photoshop or. Yep. I use Canva. Cool. Canva and, uh, Kittle. I've so talk doing. to us about like the seller that doesn't, maybe they haven't created that listing before for print on demand, but they just like kind of got scared a little bit when you were like, Oh, like, I don't know any of those things. And so just tell, tell us the settings, like the. Yeah. It's so be. simple. It's so, so simple. So when I'm creating a design on Canva, I typically like to go by 5,000 by 5,000 pixels, okay. uh, download it straight out from there. What you can do if you get something from say like Creative Fabrica and you're using elements of that and it doesn't always necessarily import the same way that you want it to export, there's actually a toggle when you are downloading from Canva to adjust um, your pixels and you can just scale it up make sure you have that transparent background download might take a little bit longer to download um, because it's higher quality, but that usually just takes care of it. And you'll be able to bring that over to your print provider and you'll be able to see that that's a higher resolution. Beautiful. So 5,000 by 5,000, you're like kind of in the safe zone. Like that's super high quality image. Yeah. Especially for apparel. Um, I, you know, even if you're designing for something different, say you're designing for like a mug, a Christmas ornament, a tote bag, I found that if I bring that file size over to those items, it's even higher in DPI because relatively speaking, it's a smaller item. Like for a Christmas ornament, you might be at a thousand DPI um, to the specs that you're looking at. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, cool. I think that's, those are, those are golden things that we've never shared actually on the podcast because we haven't gone there for some reason. Uh, so I think that's great for anyone that's like just starting out with images. They don't really understand image manipulation and like that. And you don't really need to, um, right? No, just like, it's super simple. Just 5,000 by 5,000. 
Just remember those numbers and you're good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Got it. Um, beautiful. So how did you find, and this is probably everybody's listening to this and it's like, wow, Taylor did it like 12 months, like 85,000. Uh, first of all, like how much do you think profit margin, you're a numbers person. I can, I think you, you shared that with me. What yeah. profit margins are you targeting? Should other people be targeting when they're first starting out? Um, so I always heard from others that 30% was pretty average. So that's really where I set my baseline from the beginning. As I've gotten into it, I've learned that certain product types, you can definitely achieve higher profit margins um, based off of just like market need, the specific niches as well. I mean, I'll change a price for a specific niche if it's super unsaturated because people are willing to pay. So you can get a higher profit margin sometimes in that regard. But 30% is generally a pretty safe place to be. Important though, to use some type of calculator for that. It's funny. I just had somebody comment on a recent video of mine. They were like, Where is, where'd you get that calculator? And it's the calculator in Everbee. Oh, cool. The Etsy nice. calculator. And so it was, it was cool to share that because using something like that is really going to keep you in the safe zone, um, accounting for Etsy fees and any of your sales, maybe that you decide to run in your shop so that you can keep it at that 30% ballpark. I love that. When we first built the Etsy calculator, um, well, before even ever be existed, I was you know selling on Etsy and I was, I had my own Google sheets and you know, how you, I'm sure you're the same way. Like you have a bunch of Google sheets and you've built a bunch of different calculators and made them all fancy and right. Yeah, whatever. But I remember just like, it was like the, the main thing. Like you had to use calculator. Otherwise, like, how do you know if you made money or lost money on a sale? And, and I think I got surprised when I started talking to more people about they don't know their profit margins. Like they have no idea. And then they're like, well, I'm going to put, I just did a 30% sale. I'm like, that's great. That sounds awesome. Like, are you still profiting though? And there's like, oh, I, I don't know. I, like, oh, don't do a sale. And it's like, you understand at least, you know, yeah. what you're trading off. And so um, that's awesome that you use it. And and there's obviously other ones too. If someone doesn't like the Etsy, the Everbee calculator, like you can do a Google sheet. There's probably other ones out there too, but it's like, no matter what, you need to be calculating your profits and your margins to understand yeah. if you get a sale, like, are you losing $2? Or are you making $2? Yeah. Oh yeah. And I mean, I even got into a best practice when I was first starting out and I still do this sometimes, especially if I'm exploring a new product type or a new pricing strategy. After I make a sale, I'm plugging those numbers into a calculator and like, okay, let me verify. Yep what I did and that it worked so that I'm not having a surprise later, especially once you start to really see more volume, it's happening so fast that mm -hmm. if you're not seeing the right profit margin, it's going to bite you pretty quick. If you're not yeah. aware of that, you'll run yourself out of business, right? It's like, right. <laughs> it's like you will run out of cash <laughs> at some point if you're losing money. And I think that's something that not anybody talks about or not very, not enough, at least is what you just mentioned of like, when you verify it, they're like, oh, wow, this worked. You're also triggering your brain to like, give yourself confidence. Mm -hmm. Like, wow, I just created $2, $4 profit off of something. Right. And yeah. that alone gives you so much confidence to like roll into your next product and your next product. And you compound that over a year of time. And all of a sudden yeah. you're like, you're a master e-commerce all of a sudden. Yeah. And I think it's really great. So, you know, you touching on $2, $4, Comparing that to something in your life that you purchase, like I love energy drinks. So I'm like, oh my gosh, that that's an energy drink, right? Mm. That bought me my energy drink today, or that bought me my coffee or, you know, whatever it may be. I think you can find these little things to connect it to, 
that's my phone bill that I earned on that day. That's my, you know, groceries and things like that. And I think that's really why people want to get into print on demand at first, you know, like having just that little bit of extra income, which is so possible Hmm. and being able to compare those revenue numbers and those profit numbers to something that is so meaningful to them. That's really interesting. I don't think I personally, I probably have done that. I just haven't done it for a while to where, but I do see what you're saying. I, now you say that my sister, I was talking to her a couple months ago and about her Etsy shop and that she started a new one. And she was like, oh, I just covered my car payment this month. And I'm yeah. like, oh my gosh, that's so awesome. Yeah. Right? That's, and I think that just puts so much more power behind it because it's not just, you know, a dollar figure. It's like, wow, this is this specific thing in my life, you know, maybe it's childcare or, you know, like I said, a phone bill or car payment, any of those items, anybody I think would take an offering of, Hey, I'm going to pay your car payment for the next year. Right. Like who wouldn't take that up? That's that can be life-changing for somebody. Wow. That's, that is, what do you think, like, what is your goals? And when you think about Etsy, your Etsy shop, I know that you're teaching people stuff too, which is so, so important um, because not enough people understand like the power of e-commerce, which I know that you're tackling that, uh, but you're also selling yourself. What was your goal maybe when you first started Etsy? And then maybe how has it changed now or has it changed uh, in regards to like full-time seller or part-time seller? What, yeah. How do you look at it? So there was, there's a distinct moment that just came to my mind. It was December of last year. And so, you know, anywhere I went, my iPad went with me. I was just traveling along with it. And um, we were over my sister and brother-in-law's house and I was sitting on the couch. We were watching Sunday night football and I was designing, I was creating things on my iPad and my brother-in-law, he asked me, he's like, so, you know, what are your goals? Like, what do you think is going to happen with this? And I don't want this to come off the wrong way, but I was like, I'm going to double my income with this. Like, I'm, I'm going to do this. I know that I can. I've already seen some success. I'm in this. Like, I'm very invested. And that's just kind of who I am as a person. Like, if I find something that I really like and am passionate about, I dive in. That's just you're it. Okay. You kind of get obsessed with it, I guess. You could say. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, I, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, um, but I think it's a beautiful I, thing, but I mean, that's myself. I'm also okay. same, biased because I'm the same. So, okay, perfect. Good. Then, then yeah. we're like-minded. So it's all, it all works out. But um, I said that and he kind of looked at me like, whoa, like you actually think you can do that? I'm like, yeah, yeah I do. And um. I've reached the point now where I have, I have doubled my income. And so now, I mean, it's just like, all right, the sky's the limit. I just want to keep going. I want to see where it can take me. I I enjoy it. It's something that I have fun doing. Um, It doesn't feel like work, even though I treat it as a business. It is a business. Um, It's enjoyable. The same thing forever be for me. It's like, I I don't really count count my hours, but I like, I enjoy it so much. I really like enjoy it so much. Like these conversations right here, yeah. I could talk about this all day and this isn't work. I mean, I, technically I have to call it work just right. to make sense of, in the world. For like um, tax purposes. <laughs> yeah. And, or like to, to explain it to like, you know, my kids or my wife, like, right. you know, like I'm not just having fun all day. Right. But, um, I think that truly is, is a beautiful thing when you really enjoy what you're doing, whether it's designing, whether it's selling something online, whether it's having conversation about selling something online. I think that's where beautiful, magical things happen, right? That's where you double your income. Yeah. Because you just have so much joy in it, but I get it. You're going to double your income. You're already on that path pretty much. Mm-hmm. 
and you're going to just continue to see what, what happens after that. Yeah. I, you know, I started my YouTube channel because I like to talk about this and there's not as many people in my personal circle that quite get it. And so I love connecting with others who are just as nerdy about it as I am and creating my YouTube channels kind of allowed me to have that. Um, I work with um, sellers. So I have coaching that I do and I've been able to work with you know, over a dozen sellers, live one-on-one Zoom calls like this and being able to nerd out with them and just, you know, work with them and help them is so fulfilling to me, like fills my love tank, uh, if I could put a name to it. And so that's, that's where I want to go. I want to just be able to continue to nerd out and talk about this business model because it really is life-changing and I'm just so passionate about it. I love that. I obviously share that passion for sure. Going back to when you first were starting, a lot of people are just starting out and they're just like, they see your success story and they're just like, wow, I want that to be me in the next 12 months. How did you find your niche or somehow find that first product, maybe the first 10 products, whatever you found success, like how did you find it? And then how do you continue to do it more and more, I guess? Because I don't even know if you were using Everbee when you first started. No, because so, I just had my iPad. So oh, I oh yeah, right. It. <laughs> but how did you how did you do that? I mean, because that that takes a little bit of luck, intuition, just yeah. natural talent, I guess. How, how did you find it? So I mean, kind of off of an extension off of Everbee, utilizing just the search bar in Etsy, that's yep. probably the greatest way to get started because that is going to tell you what people are searching. It's not going to necessarily validate it in the way that you will get from Everbee, where you can see the actual search volume, which I think is so powerful. And once I got to the point where I was utilizing a research tool, I'm like, oh, wow, this actually streamlined my process so much more and so much faster. But for just starting out, I think doing your research directly on Etsy is the greatest place to be. You're going to see what's ranking, what's on the first page of search. Um, I think a really good best practice is to go into an incognito window, um, which you can do that on any device, on an iPad, you know, or a tablet Mm -hmm. of some sort, if that may be you as well. Um, But that way you're not necessarily getting the skewed results, which what Etsy will do is they're going to start giving you search results that match your history. So if you kept clicking into a particular listing from a particular shop, they're going to show you more of that. And from a research perspective, you don't quite want that. Um, However, from a consumer perspective, that's what makes sense. That's what makes their algorithm work. Um, Finding the listings that are on the first page of search and thinking about which ones are making you stop and kind of reverse engineering them. What do they look like? You know, what does their thumbnail look like? What does the design look like? What is it that drew your eye? We are all on social media at some point in our day, right? And we're all scrolling, like I call it the death scroll. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like time doesn't exist when you're scrolling on social media, but there's things that make us stop, the thumb stoppers. And Mm -hmm. we have to reverse engineer that when we become the e-commerce side of things. That's right. I love that. I tell people that all the time. Like you could be successful without Everbee. It's never like a question. There's people successful way before Everbee even existed, right? It just took more work. It took more, like a little bit more luck or it took a little bit yeah. more manual efforts. Like I personally did not have Everbee when I was selling on Etsy, like very, very successful. It made hundreds of thousands of dollars on Etsy without Everbee because <clears throat> it didn't exist. And a cool way to do it is you can go to do what you said just now. 
and even more like into the reverse engineering part is you can go to each listing and you can look at the reviews on each listing. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. This, this shirt, this design had like a hundred reviews. That's amazing. Like, and then of course, then you bring in the question of how long has this thing been listed and all that stuff, which everybody shows that he doesn't show that. Right. Um, but the whole idea is that just to move faster and move yeah. more with more confidence, I guess, right? Like have more confidence. Yeah. No, I agree. And I think it's just, especially I think many people who are wanting to get started, they are working, they're working full-time. I, I work full-time. Um, yep. And so using pockets of my time to make more of that time, mm-hmm. I think it has been a game changer. By having the validation, I think that that component is really invaluable and it nearly pays for itself in a sense, because you don't have to spend those hours, you know, maybe doing that research and whatnot. But I think it also becomes easier with time. I think in the beginning, the research part can be a little overwhelming, it but does. you start to know what to look for. Um, and you can identify those factors such as, you know, the thumbnail and image and graphic and font. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it, it's yeah. A lot of people use kind of the creativity. I'm not the most creative person. They use that as almost an excuse, but Mm -hmm. I feel like creativity is like a muscle. The more you work it, the stronger it's going to get. You know, you have to be able to put the time in, you know, go to, go to the gym in a sense, work out that Mm -hmm. creativity muscle. And it really does get stronger with time. And then you find yourself coming up with ideas on your own, you know, and as you're driving, you think of something or, you know, just in your free time. That is so cool. and so powerful and underutilized, I think advice. What is next for you and your YouTube channel? And are you going to have courses? Are you going to have any type of other education that people can kind of get closer to you besides like the one-on-one calls? Yeah. So I just put out my first mini course, which is POD kickstart. That is the fundamentals. So everything that you need to know, um, Etsy, how to create an Etsy shop, why Etsy, print on demand, print providers, kind of compare, contrast, Hmm. um, and understanding just the foundations to get started. In that, I also, um, I have two bonus modules that I'm actually still working on for that. One being talking about Etsy ads and the other being about mindset, because I think mindset is a very big component. um, And I wanted to make sure to incorporate that because that's been something that's been so valuable to me. Um, like I shared my mindset, you know, I'm going to double my income, you know, I've just believed it. Um, and I think because I believed it, I was able to achieve it as corny as that sounds, but then to go with that, I'm looking to add two separate other mini courses. They're all just free mini courses. Um, the second being SEO kickstart. So all of the fundamentals to SEO, I think that that is something that needs its own mini course in itself, because there's a lot that can go into it. But a lot of times people overthink it. So it's going to simplify that as well as the third being design kickstart. So kind of touching back on that creativity component that we discussed. A lot of people think that they don't have the creative skill to start a print on demand business. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to be creative. Um, There's some basics that you can learn. I am not a graphic designer. I have no background in any type of design, you know, creating or anything like that simple cells. And that's really the goal of that little mini course is just to kind of talk about, you know, colors and fonts and, you know, a simplified way of thinking about design. When are those released? So I released the first one, POD Kickstart recently. SEO Kickstart is going to be done by the end of September. And then I'm looking for October for the design Kickstart. 
I love that. Okay, cool. We will get the links, by the way, for anybody listening to this or watching, we'll put in the link in the description below or in the show notes if you're listening to it in podcast. A couple other questions I have too that we kind of brushed over. What do you currently do full-time? So I'm in business consulting. So I'm actually a cosmetologist by trade. I was behind the chair cutting hair for many years. And that taught me a lot about the business side of a salon, you know, and how to run a salon and marketing and business and things like that. And so I actually use that to kind of leverage my way into business consulting in general. Um, cool. And there, there's a lot of components that once you get into a certain field, they're repeatable, right? Even if it's necessarily a different business or something like that, but yeah. Yeah, I love that. I, I totally agree with that, by the way. Like businesses are, there's a lots of similarities between every business. I mean, yeah. when you really kind of break down the fundamentals of it, I mean, I have a whole video on that too. And I'm sure you have videos on this too. And you go into that detail when you're consulting with, you know, serving a client, they're all pretty much the same. I mean, they all have a, a product, right? They have an offering, they have yeah. to have demand for that product. And then of course you have to like, just serve your customer. How have you used that experience in your Etsy business? I mean, do you feel like it gave you a huge advantage? No, that's a good question. I think that I have always just been a very glass half full and very positive person in that role of my life. And I think that just that mindset that I have with that, you know, and saying, okay, here's where you are right now, but this is where you could be. I brought that to myself as well. You know, Mm. here is where I am. And this is where I can be Mm. if I take the right steps. So I think that component, what I share with others, you know, to inspire and to, you know, teach them is what I then did for myself, if that makes sense. No, it does make sense for sure. (laughs) It does. It absolutely makes sense. I mean, mindset is the most important thing, Mm -hmm. I think, just in life, just in general, Um, but certainly business, right? That none of what we do is necessarily easy. It's simple in theory. Selling something on Etsy is very simple in theory. building a software company is very simple in theory. Um, building any business is kind of simple in theory, but the execution and the details is super, super hard. And there's going to be lots of reasons why you should fail and why the majority do fail. And having the mindset, I think is the thing that carries you through all of those valleys. Yeah. How about for you? What's like the core mindset that you've seen in your own life and your own businesses that have kind of carried you through those, those dark times? I think... So we, in my household, my fiance and I, we, we practice mindset daily. I mean, we, every single morning we're sending a text, you know, after we've started our day, you know, Hey, we're successful. We are this, we are that we Mm. are six figure earners. We're constantly preaching the things that we're striving for and reaching towards in our lives. And so I, I think that you just have to remind yourself your, your affirmations. You know, what do you want to be? Put it on paper. What do you want to be? Where do you want to see yourself? But also don't talk about it like as if it hasn't happened or isn't going to happen. Talk about it as if you yeah. already have it. You know, I am this, I am that. That's, you know, we are these things in our text messages and things like that. I think that your mindset shifts when you do that because I think if you... If you have that subconscious of, oh, I am this, you start to behave in the way of somebody who is that. And you mm-hmm. do those actions, you know, in the sense of a print on demand seller. If I say, I used to tell myself, you know, I'm I'm a top 1% Etsy seller. I said that in January, you know, mm-hmm. I wasn't. Um, but I said that to myself and I would repeat that to myself. And so a top 1% Etsy seller, 
they're going to be creating listings. They're going to be doing their research. They're going to be always thinking about what's to come. And so I mimicked those behaviors in my life so that it would then show the result and it works. (laughs) <laughs> it does work and it's crazy and, and people think that it's it's like corny or fluffy yeah. or I sometimes I feel I feel like a like kind of like hippie when I'm like mindset you know like <laughs> yeah yeah I know it's funny it's, it's hilarious and but it is oh, same thing such a big thing it really it's the, is it's the biggest thing it's the yeah. biggest thing it's so not talked about enough and when it does get talked about it's like it kind of gets pushed to the side a little bit. Oh yeah. Mindset. Of course we all need mindset, you know, but it's like, no, no, no. It's actually the most important thing. It's yeah. like your intention, your focus, your energy, it, it drives all of our future. Like we are a product. Our life is a product of our past thoughts. Yep. Right. So 100%. like our mindset is everything. It is. If you want to look at the future, like look at where, look at what we're thinking today. Yeah. And the majority of our thoughts, if they're negative, the majority of your future is going to be negative. Just Sure, yeah. that's how it works. It's going to I work. think everybody can think of somebody that they've met in their life that maybe wasn't the most positive and something bad was always happening to them. Always. Ironically, you know, and I think that that is relatable in a sense. You know, if, if you think that the sky is falling specifically on you, you are able to pinpoint those things that feel like the sky is falling on you 10 times more. It's something that I actually just, uh, I was shared a book called, uh, it's like 10 times, 10 times your goals, 10 times your life, something along those uh, Mm -hmm. lines. I don't know the exact title, but it talked about taking your goals and multiplying them by 10. A lot of people, they underestimate their goals. They think, oh, well, I'll try to do this because I think I can get there. And they set the bar so low. And so then they don't really ever meet that expectation where in this book, it shares, okay, so let's 10 times that I'm going to say, I'm going to sell a hundred thousand dollars on Etsy. And if I even get close to that, I'll be happy. Right. But your actions change when your goal is set that much higher. When you change that mindset, what's the 10 X mindset. Right. And I think, uh, and I totally agree with this too. I've read a few books on this too. And it's the mindset of, well, if you just one X what you're doing now, like, is it going to even get you excited? You know, like one X. Okay. I made $10,000 this year. Okay. Well, if I double that and I go to 20,000. Okay. Like man, I may as well not even do it. It doesn't sound exciting, you know, mm-hmm. but all of a sudden you're like, Oh, 10 X, you know, it's a hundred thousand. Oh, well, that will actually change my life a lot. Right. So I'm willing to do things that I've never done before. I'm willing to invest time where I've never invested it before. And I'm willing to take shots I've never taken before because the apple is so much better, right? It looks more mm-hmm. delicious, more juicy, whatever you want to call it. That that's what moves us. But if you only set your goals so low, you'll never, you'll always find a reason like, uh, who cares? Like, right. Just, and just a, yeah. Like to add on that too, because I think that, you know, maybe, maybe anybody who's listening, they might be thinking, oh, well, I, I can't be that extreme. And, and I, I just want to touch on, you know, you don't have to be extreme. You just have to be consistent. So like, even if you 10 times your goals, that doesn't mean that you need to 10 times your behaviors and you might be thinking, oh, I have to start listing and doing all these crazy things. And like, I don't have time for all that. Like, no, just one thing at a time. You know, even if you just create one listing, you set aside time for one listing a day, 10 a week, you know, whatever you have time for, maybe it's a longer time to reach to that goal, but it's not that it's not possible. 
Yeah. And just putting in that really like dedicated work towards it. I think that's great. I think it's, I'm happy you said that too. Cause sometimes I come across as like I'm a little bit extreme, right? I'm like, when I, oh yeah, no, me too. Like, I'm cannonballing, right? You know, like, oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> but like, think big, start small, right? It's mm-hmm. the best advice I can give to anybody. Like, think big though. Like, think like 10x. Yeah. You can make small, meaningful moves, right? Um, and then they'll compound, right? Be consistent, like you said, and it'll all be, all be worth it. I think that's another mindset is like, it's going to be worth it. And I think convincing yourself that it's going to be worth it, I think. Yeah. is super important. It's probably the most important thing actually. Like yeah. it makes you, can you kind of float over all the painful things because it's all worth it? Yeah, no, I agree. And I think that's where a lot of newer sellers may get discouraged in the beginning because they're not necessarily seeing that reward. Um, but it is the actions that compound over time and being able to hold on to that bigger picture and knowing that you will get there. It might not be today or tomorrow, but you will. And those results, so that consistency, it will pay off. I love that. That's golden advice. Golden advice. You talked about affirmations too. And this is all like in mindset and stuff, but not many people talk about their affirmations because again, they're a little bit afraid that yeah. somebody's like, oh, affirmations. I mean, she believes in like the law of attraction. And then it goes Yeah, I sure do. Which by the way, I do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But I'm happy you brought it up because I like, I like talking about that too. Yeah. Um, you and your you and your fiance do affirmations. You probably listen to affirmations on YouTube or anything like that, just like I do as well. Yep. It's moved my life in yeah. so many crazy ways because of all the reasons you said. But for someone that's never done it before, or maybe they're a little bit afraid to do it because we're humans and we yeah. make, we we get afraid of uh, silly things sometimes. Why should someone just consider doing like five to 10 affirmations a day? So something that I always teach um, in my career is that growth and comfort do not coexist. So in order for us to grow, we have to go out of our comfort zone. And so I visualize my comfort zone like a circle, right? And the longer we stay in that circle, the smaller it becomes. And it just continues to get smaller and smaller. A great example of that is say you have three close friends that you reach out to. And then over time, you stop reaching out as often. And then you're only really talking to two of them. And then that circle gets smaller and smaller. In order for it to grow, you have to go outside of it. Mm -hmm. And when I first started listening to videos and um, things about affirmations, a lot of them have where you hear the affirmation, you then repeat it. And Mm -hmm. they encourage you to say it out loud. And I felt really weird saying these things out loud, but I did it in a space where I felt comfortable. Like when I'm driving, I would listen to it while I'm driving, say it as I'm driving. Or, um, when I'm at the gym in the sauna, I'd go in the sauna and listen to those things as like my peaceful Mm -hmm. Zen time. Um, but going out of your comfort zone and just trying, you know, five minutes a day, repeat it, uh, write it on a mirror, things like that. It really can make a big difference. You know, I agree with you so much. And it's unfortunately, like a lot of people listening to this right now, they, they see this a lot, especially in the Etsy community, because the Etsy community, I've noticed a lot of victimhood in the community, right? Of like Etsy algorithm has out to get me. Mm-hmm. Etsy yeah. screwed me again. <laughs> Etsy did this. Etsy did that. Yeah, Screw I had Etsy. to take myself off of certain like Facebook no. groups because there there is a lot of negativity and that really hurts the positive mindset that you might be trying to create. It does. And, you know, I'll be empathetic. Like as he's done things 
you know, Etsy algorithm, I want to say Etsy as a whole, but like sometimes <laughs> I'm just like, damn, what the heck happened? You know, I was just yeah. like rank number one, all of a sudden I don't get any views. It does happen. I agree. But like, it's, a, it's a dangerous to stay in that mindset, right? It's, it's a very dangerous thing. So the, all these things are happening to me. They're happening to me, to me, to me. And pretty soon you're like, now you're going spilling it to all the Facebook groups. And pretty soon everybody else is kind of like getting infected with this victimhood too. And everybody's contagious, very contagious. Yeah. It's, I don't know where I was going with that. Other than the fact that it's, it's interesting to watch the community. And obviously that's what part of mine and your job is to like empower the community and kind of get everybody out and get more control of your life, control your outcomes. Uh, but have you seen that yourself? And then I, all the time, I see it all the time. You know, I see it in my comment section as well Mm -hmm. in YouTube, you know, this isn't possible, just getting lucky. You know, there's a lot of different things. And I will say, this is, this is kind of like a little bit of a hot take, but recently, and I shared this in a video, but I think sometimes it's really easy to blame Etsy. It's not so easy to take accountability for how we are showing up as sellers. What are we doing? I think in life, it's very easy to focus on the things around us and blame those things, but what can we control? And those are the only things that we can focus on. There's nothing that we can change about Etsy or, you know, any of those factors that may play in, but I can choose how I show up every single day. I can choose the time commitment that I put into my day for my print on demand business. I can choose the mindset that I have for my print on demand business. I believe it's going to fail. It probably will. But if I believe it's going to succeed, it probably will, because I'm going to be doing the actions to make it succeed. I percent agree with that. It's my favorite quote. I have it like printed. My wife had it like made on my journal. <laughs> my journal says like, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Yeah. Quote, apparently. Yep. And I've lived my life by that. it years and years. And it's so far like worked out very well when it comes to like, not just money, by the way, I mean, this stuff is important for your family. It's important for your health. It's important for your relationships. It's not like just business and just finances. Like this stuff yeah. spills over. Um, I was pulled this up. I was reading to my wife or we were, my, I was texting my wife this morning while I was at work and she was getting her day started. And um, we were celebrating a win in the business. And she was just like, wow, you know, congratulations to everybody. And then I said, only great things happen to the McGuffey family. And I do that on purpose. We do that to each other. We like yeah. only, only good things happen to us. Yeah. Oh, we're, we're so healthy. Like, oh, like we we're so abundant. Like we say those things, not because necessarily we feel like them all the time. Yeah but because we want to feel like them. And so we have to like say it as if it's true, it's as, as if it's already happened in order to create the reality in the future that it's, that it happens. Does that make sense? Yeah, no. I, and I'm glad that you're sharing this as well, because I think that there's a lot of people that touch on these topics online, but I think it is almost like a little taboo. And a lot of people feel it's like, oh, that's kind of weird. Or, you know, I don't want to do that. I feel weird saying these things and whatnot. But there's a reason that so many people are really starting to come out about this and talking mm-hmm. about it and sharing, you know, this is, this is something that's changed my life saying these things. And I think that just bringing more awareness that people are doing this, they are saying it, they are sharing these mindsets, I think is really valuable and it will help others kind of get over maybe that, that hump, that comfort yep. zone to yep. kind of get them into this type of mindset and positive affirmations and believing in themselves because anybody really can do it. Oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, it's, if you believe in abundance, like, you know, there's abundance, like legit, right. like, 
It's more than enough for everybody. <laughs> it's more than like Etsy is not saturated. Like no, oh gosh, no. Like there's more than enough opportunity. <laughs> like POD is not dead. Uh, no, it's like all these things. But um, but if you think it's dead, it certainly is dead for you. You're right. Yeah. Like, oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. I, I. That's the thing that goes around all the time. You know, it's oh, it's oversaturated. It's oversaturated. It's like well, the things that I was selling when I first started a year ago that style doesn't even work anymore. It's a whole new style now for this, oh. and, you know, and it's always going to be changing. So right. why can't you be the person that hops onto that next trend or that next change? And it, all it takes is one listing, literally one listing. I think I shared earlier, I had one listing in June that really started to do well. And, you know, in, in June, I had just shy of $15,000 revenue and 5,000 of that was from one listing, from yeah. one listing that took me, I don't know, five minutes to create really quick in Canva and just throw it up there. I mean, I think that that is the perspective that people need to bring into that mindset. Like that yeah. can be your next listing. I love that. It's something that we've kind of embraced a little bit more internally to ever be is like thinking about our users, our sellers. Mm-hmm. It only takes one product for them to change their entire life. A hundred percent. Yeah. Because yeah, it's like $5,000, but not, it wasn't just $5,000. It was actually the confidence to roll into another product that got you $85,000. And pretty soon you're like teaching your kids and your family and your sisters and your brothers about this e-commerce thing. Pretty soon they're changing their life. Yeah. And then you start a YouTube channel and pretty soon you start changing everybody else's life too. Like, it's like, it's wild, the multiplier effect on this whole yeah. thing. And that's what I try to remind people, sometimes myself personally, is like, okay, Everbee's price, let's say $30 a month. And you start questioning value and then you're like, man, one product, I've seen it so many times turn into like $3,000 a month, mm-hmm. like $30,000 over the whole entire year or something like crazy. Right. And you're like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of people that get caught up in listing number and mm. it's like, okay, well, all you need is that one. What if that one that you had time for that night was the one, you mm. know, wouldn't, wouldn't you have made it? You know, if you knew that that would be the case, unfortunately, we can't see the future. We won't know, but you also won't know if you never try and never just put it out there. I love that. Let's wrap it up. Um, What are some books that you've read you'd recommend anybody read? You you, you have a lot of wisdom when it comes to like, I I hear a few, like a lot of keywords that, oh, she's probably read the same book that I've read. Um, Share whatever you feel comfortable sharing, maybe one or two books that you recommend to read. Um, so I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm probably going to botch the names of books. I remember books, but I don't always remember the name. So maybe yeah. we'll just make sure that we find the right name and like, sure, yeah, the... link in the description. Right, right, right. Um, but think like a monk. I, hmm. I know that that one for sure. Um, by Jay Shetty. That is a fantastic book. Um, as well as the, the book that I shared earlier about 10 time, 10 times in your 10 X, your goals, 10 X, your life. Mm-hmm. I'll get the specific name of it. I have it in my room. Um, that book, I think, especially for print-on-demand sellers, game changer. Thinking about what your goals will be in the print-on-demand space and what you want to do, I think that you will achieve them with the methods taught in this book. hundred mm, percent, it will change your change your mindset. As far as anything else, generally, I, I listen to any type of self empowerment. Um, type books. So there's a book, especially for any women watching girl, wash your face, mm. Rachel Hollis, fantastic book. Definitely something that I encourage cross fellow women out there as well, just to inspire. Absolutely. Uh, 
my wife has that book on her nightstand. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a great one. And I, I think she actually has a couple like follow-up books to it as well that I haven't read, but very great. Awesome. Uh, have you read or listened to The Secret? No. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you should. I'm going to have to add it to my list though. I have like 15 unused Audible credits. You've heard of it though, right? <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's funny. You actually, you, you talk about a lot of things that that's like some core principles in The Secret. Oh, wow. Uh, okay. Sleeping for sure is one of your core p- pillar books. Definitely recommend listening to that or reading it. However you do it. I do Audible too. Yeah. It's like on repeat for me. So if anybody like wants to listen to that, highly recommend it. It's like all about like law of attraction, basically creating your own future with your thoughts intentionally. Yep and super short, super easy. Some people are going to hate it. So I warn you, like <laughs> some people, Taylor, you won't hate it. You'll love it. But like yeah. a lot of people, some people listening to this will be like, oh no way. Like my mom can never listen to that for some reason. Um, yeah. But yeah, recommend that book and Think and Grow Rich and then Outwitting the Devil. Okay. I'll have, to, I'll have to listen to them next. Unreal. Changed my life for sure. Awesome. I always love a good book recommendation. I I try to spend as much time in my day getting better. And I think that listening to something is really helpful in that. that. Taylor, where can people find you? So I'm on YouTube, Taylor P-O-D. I also have an Instagram. uh, It's a little baby Instagram just started, but it's same username, Taylor P-O-D with an underscore um, because without was taken. But yeah, you can find me there and happy to hopefully inspire more. (laughs) Love that. We will link for anybody listening. We will link all of Taylor's information in the description below or the show notes. Um, Taylor, thank you for coming on. Seriously. Really appreciate it. Really enjoyed it. Have to have you on again, like in the next, maybe a few months or something like that as a follow-up. Yeah, That would be fantastic. This was such a great opportunity. I love talking about it. I'm glad we were able to touch on mindset. I think that that's going to be really valuable um, for everybody listening. Love it. Okay. See you later. See ya.